A Pizza Noir by Denver Day, book two, chapter 24. On the bright side. He got up off the bed, picked up a revolver off the bedside table, and went to answer the door in his underwear. He opened it wide, and standing there on his doorstep were his girlfriend, Sandy, and Kitty Licker, neither of whom had seen him in at least a week, but looking cherry as always, along with two other gals. Hey, Rick. Mind if we come in? Sandy greeted him. He held the door open. Sandy kissed him on the cheek and headed for the couch. Kitty, in her MC's alehouse get-up, hugged Thompson, then showed herself to the restroom. He shook hands with the other two strange women, and Sandy introduced them as Becca and Veronica Roller of the Phoenix Bloody Rollers Bank Jack Derby Squad. We are very sorry to hear about Scott, Veronica said immediately. Kitty returned from the restroom. Having changed out of her work clothes and into a pair of jeans she had previously left behind at Thompson's apartment, Sandy chimed in. We're sorry about your friend. We know you've had a long day. We do have some good news, though. Thompson managed to smile. Ladies, what have you? I'm all ears, he said, his spirit steady. Well, we know who exactly did it, and how and why and where they are, and the rollers have traveled all the way here to help us fuck them up good, Sandy answered. Nothing surprises me. Not out of you, ladies, not anymore, Thompson said. Lay it on me. The detective braced himself for a freaky answer, and his expectations were not disappointed. Kitty did the honors. We have been slightly holding out on you, policeman and friend and lover of ours. We have a connection with the furry monster ladies in the sense that they represent the derelict, ruined, and damned souls of our family tree, she said. At that moment, they gently all came out to Thompson, just like Becca and Veronica had done for Detective Lopez. But in this case... They all four glowed and purred and strobed at the same time, fully blowing the detective's mind, but in a good way. Thompson lit a cigarette, his last one. It would turn out to be, holy, and he didn't even finish it, holy shit, he said, remaining surprisingly steadily. Um, now I know how it is you girls are so charming. <clears throat> Kitty, who was the closest thing Thompson had to a girlfriend at the time, kissed him quickly, wanting to make sure he remained comfortable in light of their revealing themselves as more than mere human women. So we can track them and do away with them quite naturally. They have become a nuisance, and we need to put a stop to it, Sandy said. I'm at your service, he said. And we at yours, she answered. What about the sharks and the axe murderers, he asked. Veronica answered, seems like... The sharks are acting under the witching influence of the unclean ones. They're kind of hijacking their fish brains just for thrills and shits and giggles, basically, and, and joyriding them about on land, raping people and killing people and making uh, bloody messes in public and other various general wanton mischief. Uh, but the source there is the furballs, not the sharks themselves, she said. So we snuff the furries, and the, the shark issue goes away, too, I think. But until then, watch out for sharks also. It's the end of book two. Uh, look for book three audio, uh, forthwith. Um, the copy versions of books one, two, and three are available at www.moderntimesmagazine.com. Uh, and uh, 